0: Visit denalicanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's denalicanning.com forward slash free. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient dense, healthy organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years. And that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Ruan Subasing of Replantable and Kostas Simoglou of the Georgia Center of Innovation for Energy Technology to talk about their experience with nanofarms. Ruan leads a product design team at Replantable. While earning his mechanical engineering degree at Georgia Tech, he machined microfluidic devices and instructed students in the campus machine shop. He has used his fabrication knowledge to bring a hands-on design approach to startups like Intuitive Pickups as well as larger companies like Verizon Telematics. His current project at Replantable is Nanofarms. Costas is the director of the Center of Innovation for Energy Technology, where his mission is to help Georgia's companies accelerate the development of new products ideas, and business models in the energy ecosystem, and maintain the state of Georgia's leadership position in the fields of energy generation, transmission, distribution, storage, and consumption. Welcome to the show today, Ruan and Costas. Thank you,
2: Greg. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love having both of you. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? And How about if we start with Ruan?
2: Sure, sure. So, uh, started uh, started this project actually while um, I was a student at Georgia Tech.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Um, I was studying mechanical engineering, and actually cooked really often. Uh, but uh, my business partner and I, Alex, we were just really frustrated by by the way that produce just wouldn't last long enough in our fridge. Mm. You know, yeah. it seems like it seems like when you buy it, it's great, but then in a few days, it looks less and less appetizing um <laughs> you you we, we wondering yeah <laughs> we were wondering if uh there was a way to make you know picking your fresh produce as easy as walking to the fridge hmm. um and that's kind of where we got started on this project
0: fantastic so why don't while we're here why don't you tell us a little bit about your project
2: sure so what we make is a uh, it's a kitchen appliance that grows produce automatically. Um wow. you basically uh you basically fill it up with water, uh you put in one of our plant pads and you can walk away from it and it, it does the rest. It takes care of all the growing for you.
0: Nutrients and all?
2: Yeah, yeah, the uh the nutrients are included in the plant pad and they're customized for each type of seed. Oh, so, wow. you know, you you choose what kind of produce you want to grow and uh we ship you a plant pad that has those seeds and those nutrients, and then you just put it in the unit and it goes.
0: Wow, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, we're going to get back to that, but I want to catch up with Costas first. So give us a little bit of background on the uh, Georgia Tech Center for Innovative Technology, Energy Technology, would you?
4: Yes, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, the mission for the Center of Innovation for Energy Technology is to uh, help localize the energy model and uh, simultaneously promote new ideas, new, new products and new business models. By doing that, we just discovered over time is that uh, energy and food are they're inter- interconnected. So we added the localization of the food model into our uh, objectives. And we look at everything, of course, at uh, mass production. We need to use, we're bringing in, we're identifying technologies, integrating uh-huh. them, uh-huh. and uh, try to, let's say, produce, uh, 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 to grow produce that we don't grow here in Georgia.
0: Oh, interesting. So there's got to be a great story here on why the two of you are working together. Can you kind of, kind of enlighten us on that?
4: Yes, I, I work very closely with Georgia Tech and many of their labs, uh-huh. and uh, when these guys came out of one of their labs, they said, okay, you need to work together. So I looked at it, and I said, you know, uh, this, this fits, with, it, it fits our objectives, although it's a, it's a small scale, I always equate it like the equivalent of a PC on your table, or your laptop. Oh, yes. right. And you can take it and use it at your, at your convenience. And I said, what a great idea so we started working closely together and uh, we helped them with our other uh, colleagues on the design mm-hmm. and then the manufacturing of course uh, the materials uh, that they need and then uh, we we took the prototypes we made them available to three high schools where they were beta testing the product
0: oh nice
4: and uh, so you so we had
0: you connected yes, to the ahead. to the local high schools to have them beta test your product for you
4: Correct. Oh, yes.
0: how cool is that? I want to be in that classroom.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they use it as part of their STEM education. Wow. Uh, so we have winners everywhere.
0: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. All right. We're gonna, I, I'm really excited to dive into this nanofarm technology, and we'll get there in a moment. But I still want to kind of do a little bit more overview stuff. So let's, let's talk about what is the mission of the Centers for uh, Innovation for Energy Technology?
4: Well, the, uh, we, we are on one of six centers, uh-huh. and our mission was to connect uh, the private industry with the universities, government, and other, and other uh, private entities for, this, for the purpose of the innovation. Uh, you know, as you know, we all, every industry has to innovate, and every oh, company yes. has to innovate. Yeah. So we have a wealth of knowledge here at our university system, mm-hmm. and we are using it for economic development purposes as well. Uh, so the Center of Innovation was created about five years ago for the purpose of localizing our energy model. Uh, as a state, we spend over $35 billion every year to purchase transportation fuel. Oh, yes. And the money that goes out of the state every single year. So we, the objective was to use our what I call our unfair advantage uh, and localize the energy model. We have a lot of biomass. We have a lot of sun. We have a lot oh, of yes. waste, which is agricultural, yep. industrial, and consumer. How can we use these, these uh, uh, sources to generate uh, energy oh. locally so we keep the money? Uh-huh. And in the, but while we're doing this, we said, you know, <clears throat> sometimes we cannot generate a lot of electricity doing that. We can generate smaller amounts. Right. So how can we take that energy and produce something of higher value like food? And that's the localization of the food model came into the mix. Uh-huh. And we say, hey, what a great idea. We can conserve energy, we can conserve uh, water, land, by using technology in uh-huh. control environment agriculture. It was developed from the University of Arizona.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yay.
4: And so we start reading more and more and more about it, mm-hmm. and uh, then we're identifying the technologies that are out there around the world, and we're trying to piece them together to have our first major pro- project in the state.
0: Nice. And that's, this, uh, that's your project with Ruan.
4: And it's one of the projects. One yes. of the projects.
0: Yay. Excellent. Excellent. So from a from a like a 10,000 foot level why is it important to localize the energy model
4: well if you go back from the history of humanity why do we have wars right first it was food oh yes the tribes were moving right around yeah. for food then now it's uh, energy mm-hmm. you know we all try to sub- protect the supply chains we all think about this and you know, we started with two people. Now we have 7.1 billion people, and in 35 years, we're going to be 10 billion people. Yeah. How do you feed us all? Oh yes. So we have to use technology, uh-huh. and 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 uh, for purposes of he- not only security, but for health and nutrition. When you grow food in a controlled environment agriculture, uh-huh. uh, you, you don't have chemicals, you don't have pesticides. No pollution, anything. So you are addressing many, many. You solve many problems. In other words,
0: yeah, yeah. So
4: it is, it is hugely important.
0: Nice. So this is one of your projects. Uh, are you? Do you have any other projects around localizing the food model that you can talk about?
4: Uh, in about um, one month, I will. I would be. I will be.
0: Uh huh all right okay good so then I want to definitely stay in communication because I am all about creating local food systems and local food economies so so how did you help replantable
4: well initially as I mentioned we we introduced them to another group at Georgia Tech in Mm -hmm. the manufacturing so they helped them with the design of the product and the materials and the prototyping and then we introduced them to a company to help them with the outsourcing, the production. Mm. Of this. how we can you oh, yeah. source the materials and produce them and, and, and produce it at, a, at a, at a, uh, you know, low cost. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. And then the other part, when we produced the prototypes, uh, now we needed the beta testing. And we wanted to have a win-win situation. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and that's why we introduced them to high schools. Yeah. So the students are using it as part of their STEM education.
3: Nice. They're giving us
4: ideas to how what, what they wish to see. They learn and also they understand the benefits of control environment agriculture. Mm-hmm. And these guys are going to be the innovators in ten years from now.
3: So
0: yeah, exactly. So I have a I have a question for you. Do you have one of those sets of students that were like stellar in the high school?
4: They... Uh, now it was just part of the science class. Uh, one of the schools, that we, we have pictures that we can send you, Ruan. Uh-huh. You know, you can send them some pictures from Benjamin Mays High School, which is in downtown Atlanta. Oh,
0: nice. None Cause... of these
4: folks have gardens or Yeah, not, exactly. Uh, not even in, Yeah.
0: Because I would love to have a, a group of them on the show. I would love to interview yeah, a group of those that. students. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So let's jump over and talk with Ruan about replantable. So we got that you... You know, this was a real-time issue for you. It's like you can't get fresh food. What do you do about that? Right. Um, right. So, how did you come up with this idea of nano farms, and what are they?
2: I mean, it was actually it was actually quite a journey to get to the nano farm concept. Uh-huh. Um,
0: we, I want to hear about that. We
2: actually, oh sure, sure. So I could start. You know, way back. The first thing we did, actually, was we entered a sustainability-focused competition at Georgia Tech, uh-huh. and it was, it was with a technology that we had developed um, that would keep food alive during transportation. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, it, it was this root container that you could snap on produce at the farm, and then when you ship it, it stays alive rather than having to refrigerate it and you know keep it in this cold chain the whole time. Wow and um, so what
0: hold on what would you do with really that technology? Be, that sounds like a great technology too
2: I mean actually a lot of that is rolled into the plant pads that we use now all um, right so that was just kind of the beginning of this whole process um, we so I mean you can see what we were trying to aim at. we were trying to get you know fresher food and and the other thing is that we looked into this issue a little bit further and you know from a higher level point of view right we saw that not just not just our consumers frustrated with produce going bad in their fridge. Uh-huh. Um, that it doesn't just go bad in consumers' fridges; it goes bad during transportation. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes bad on the supermarket shelf. Mm-hmm. And you know, when it all said and done, more than half of the fruits and vegetables we grow in the U.S. are just thrown away. And you know that that just blew our mind. Hold on, so, how much? Uh, more than half. So it's it, it's like fifty three percent or fifty two percent of all. Fruits and vegetables grown in the U.S. never get eaten. They just, they just end up in the landfill. Wow. That's,
0: that's, yeah. that's a it's staggering really number. Staggering. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, that made us stop and that made us, you know, really, I mean, that, that, that made us put the steam on, you know, full steam ahead with our, with our uh, project. Because not only is this a personal issue for us and consumers, but, you know, it's a higher level issue with our food chain, you know, yeah. our, our supply chain. And that's kind of where we got this paradigm shift where we kind of realized that we've evolved into treating food like we treat iPhones or something, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, produce them, you know, uh, in mass quantities, put them on trucks, ship them, you know, warehouse them, you know, and all this takes weeks. So by the time, you know, consumers get the food, you know it, it's technically there and it and it looks okay yeah. but it's really not fresh anymore
0: yeah so there's not a whole lot to it so
2: that's you know yeah yeah, yeah. so uh getting back on track uh, the that root container idea was was a, was a way was one way we thought that we could we could reduce the amount of food that spoils during transport and right. get fresher food to customers
0: uh-huh
2: wow. um so, so that didn't work out um <laughs> It was actually a, a bit of a failure, that's all right, and that's how we learn, because, right yeah, yeah, and it was it's partly i mean it, it was a business you know the business thing. We didn't understand our customers well enough because uh-huh. the the customers for that are farmers, and uh, when it comes down to it, it's bottom line, right yeah these these farmers make hardly anything yeah. you know margin wise the margins yep. are very thin on produce very. that farmers grow, yeah, so they can't add you know a, a twenty five cent. Container to every every uh, plant that they ship, right? So that didn't really work out because the consumers are the ones you know benefiting from this, you know, fresh food. Uh-huh. But the person that's going to have to pay is the farmer who can't afford this technology, right? So that's when we decided to look down the supply chain and and actually see, you know, are there other are innovative ways to deliver fresh produce to people, you know, with less waste and less, you know, energy use than mm-hmm. the current system. And then that's kind of when we landed on these, these home growing systems. Um, but then we wondered, you know, why, why aren't people just doing this already? You know, cause you know, the, there's, there's plenty of people that have gardens and oh, they've yeah. their own food, Yep. but why isn't it, why isn't it a majority of people, you know? You know, if it's that simple as you know, putting seeds in the ground uh-huh. and harvesting your food, <laughs> yeah. why doesn't why doesn't everyone just do that? Yeah, that would be nice. Um, it's
0: not quite that simple, but that's a good question. Yeah. What did you find?
2: So, so we went we went and talked to a lot of people, um, and we we mostly talked to people in cities, mostly in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And you know, the number one reason people don't grow their own food is just takes too much time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. So a lot of them actually had tried. So you know, over over ninety five percent of the people we talked to um, had had their own garden at, at one point. Mm-hmm. But then you ask them, "Are you still gardening?" And you know, the answer is always no. And it you know they they make it through one season, right? But but it just took too much effort, and some of them you know just weren't successful. You know, you got to have a green thumb, and you know that phrase exists for a reason. It, it's not. It's not simple. It's not foolproof to grow your own food outside. Right. So that's when we uh, that's when we thought that there could be a solution to make it foolproof. Uh huh.
0: And this is and this is when you created replantable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we founded the company after we had our first version of the plant pads. Um, you know, we had it. We had it pretty automated, you know. We we had it to the point where you didn't really have to check up on it much. Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could put in a plant pad and it would grow mostly on its own. And we've just been refining the technology ever since we founded the company. Wow! So
0: and one of the cool things, uh, you know, being a longtime forty plus year gardener here in Phoenix, Arizona, um, one of the problems that we are challenged with in the summertime is heat. So you know right. we really can't grow food in the summertime here, but it sounds to me like this, uh, you know, basically tabletop appliance that you guys have created called it's called a nano farm. That's a generic name for it. Yes, uh,
2: that's the specific product name for it. Oh, yeah. your
0: your product name is nano farm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great.
0: So it seems to me like you know with your with the nano farm you can grow. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year.
2: Definitely, and and a lot of our customers right now are uh, they're actually in Alaska, and ah. uh, they have the they have the problem of you know when they go to the grocery store they're looking at you know five six dollar heads of lettuce. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: So it, it already makes economic sense for them as well to be able to grow all year. The nano farm basically relies on uh, basically the micro environment that you have in your home. Uh You know, if you're comfortable in your home, uh, plants are going to be comfortable, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I'm excited. I would love to get one of these, get my hands on one of these. Uh, So let's just say I ordered one and, you know, it's like Christmas the day it arrives at my house. Uh, You know, I get to open this box and there's this new food growing toy in there for me. As I open the box, what am I going to experience? Tell me about that.
2: So, I mean, it comes fully assembled. Uh, you basically uh, take the nano farm, you know, put it put it wherever you want in your house. Uh-huh. Um, plug it in. Plug it into a power outlet. Uh-huh.
3: Uh huh.
2: Fill fill up the tray with water. Uh, put in one of the plant pads, whichever one you want, and you push the start button, and you walk away from it. Uh, you could go on vacation or something, <laughs> and then uh, when you get back uh, in. You know, different produce takes a different amount of time to grow, but yeah. um, a light just come, a light just comes on when the produce is ready, and then you can harvest it.
0: Well, so, oh, interesting. So, what are we growing? So, these plant pads that you have, all the same right. kind of thing growing in the plant pad, or do you have multiple different things growing in it?
2: Oh, well, we have all kinds of different stuff. We uh, we can grow salad greens. You know, like lettuce and kale, herbs, uh, microgreens, and some root vegetables like beets and radishes. huh. And, and one plant pad doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily have to all be lettuce. Um,
0: that's what, eating, I was, that's what I wanted salad, to know. Mix.
2: Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. So, so one plant pad can have a mix of different things. So we might have, you know, a spring mix salad or a rocket mix, you know, and it's all on one plant pad
3: because
2: mm-hmm. um, there can be multiple plants on one pad.
0: Now, are you growing what are called microgreens in this thing, or are you growing out more full-size plants?
2: You can do either. Um, We have microgreen pads, and we have full-size, you know, romaine. We have spinach and kale and all that stuff, too. Wow.
0: All right, so how long have you had one of these on your countertop, Ruan?
2: um i've i've had some some sort of nano farm on my counter for about a year uh-huh
3: um
2: but but you know it's moved from early prototype you know data yeah, yeah, yeah. data into yeah finally now the production version
0: right right so you've experienced then eating out of your nano farm rather than out of your refrigerator
3: yeah yeah I mean, and
2: it's and it's a completely different you know it's a different feeling entirely, you know you never feel like you're it's a ticket your produce is now like a ticking time bomb anymore, you right. know like when when can I use this like what dishes can I use this in it's kind of it's kind of like you know you make you're about to make a dish and you're like, oh you know i I've got this and this ready to eat, you know in the nano farm um I can just add it to dishes as I go through the week
0: uh-huh oh my gosh i I'm so yeah. excited about this over here i'm just you know i'm imagining having one. Here on my countertop because one, there's nothing better. So here at the the Urban Farm is a third of an acre in North Central Phoenix, and you know I grow right. I grow many different ways here at the Urban Farm, and there is nothing better than walking out in the front yard in the evening. Yes, I said front yard in the evening and harvesting a meal, which we often yeah. we often do here at the urban farm. So tell me the experience. I want you to kind of close your eyes and go back to the first time you actually harvested out of the nano farm. What was that
2: like? I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. Like, I mean, we had we had had it described to us like, I mean, we actually have customers that are that are farmers and, you know, they they have acres and acres and until you kind of experience seeing that food grow uh-huh. in front of you, yeah, and and just you know picking it directly onto your plate, it you know it feels so natural. It's it, it's kind of you know it's, it's weird because you know if you look at the nano farm, it's this box with LEDs and you know this fan for ventilation, and you know it's it it almost it, it looks artificial kind of on the outside. Uh-huh. But the feeling—the feeling of harvesting your own food that you've grown and putting it on your plate—it's um, just—it's just so natural. Um, and, I, and I think that's you know that's part of our mission is to democratize food production and and kind of bring that food that experience of growing you know back to people's homes. Yeah. Because I mean, we have one of our beta testers has a three-year-old girl. And, you know, when, whenever they get back from a uh, long vacation or something, she comes in the house screaming and running towards the uh, nano farm to see how the <laughs> plants have grown. And her dad has said that uh, it's, not, it's not too hard to get her to eat greens anymore. I, I think, you know, if it's not this bitter thing that you buy at the grocery store that's disembodied from the ground, yeah. it's, you know, it, it's more appetizing that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly exactly so i have a question for both of you and it goes like this what do you think the future of urban farming looks like and we'll start with uh let's start with costas since we've been talking with Ruan for a little while
4: i believe that uh uh, more and more uh we're gonna be growing the food where it's consumed Uh so we don't have to bring it for thousands of miles away makes no sense Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of things can happen on the way uh, not only for food security but also for for health and nutrition and so forth so we're going to be growing more and more the technologies will be will be getting better and better they use those systems in europe already uh, in central europe in the netherlands belgium and so forth we haven't been using these systems here Here, because we have plenty of land we had california uh, but, uh, again, now <laughs> the, the the attitudes are changing, yeah. and uh, and uh, I think you're going to see more and more of it, more of these urban farms, so to speak, or any other uh, controlled environment agriculture yeah. uh, uh, were going to be built next to the big cities, and then more devices like uh, uh, the nanofarm. uh uh-huh. Uh, like the replantable device you're going to see more you're going to see more improvements and we're going to see technology added to this
3: yeah.
4: I can see this uh, in in few, couple of years down the road and 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 my nanofarm is connected with your nanofarm and and uh, and one's uh, nanofarm we exchange recipes
3: you yeah. know oh yeah
4: uh, oh, over the oh, you know, over the internet and
3: stuff. yeah
0: wow Cool. Ruan, what's your thought on the future of urban farming?
2: Oh yeah, I think I think picking up on uh, what Kosas was just saying, I could I could definitely see, you know, uh, your your uh, two doors down apartment neighbor is growing tomatoes and you're growing blackberries uh-huh. and uh, you know, and there could even be a, you know, social marketplace online where you can figure out who's growing what, and you know if you need this for a recipe, you can walk right down the hall and, <laughs> you know kind of similar to the way subsistence farming used to be, yeah, but you know denser you know in an urban environment yeah um and I think this hyper local food um it's really the extension of the lo- local food movement we've seen We've seen farms get bigger and bigger uh-huh. uh, historically as industrialized agriculture took hold. Yep. Um and now and now we're seeing the value of smaller and smaller farms. Yeah. You know, out out in suburban and and rural areas. And I think it's about time for uh urbanites to get on board too. Yeah. And I think uh a lot of it has to do with reducing the energy costs of the food uh production and yeah. distribution system. Right. So the you know the LEDs we use uh, they use uh, less than, so an animal farm uses less than a dollar of electricity per month.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that's only possible because of these LEDs that came out last year.
0: Oh, um, right, of course, because um, the technology re- improved.
2: It's crazy. I mean, you know, you know Moore's Law, uh, it applies to LEDs, which is crazy because, you know, LEDs don't improve computing power. They, they produce more and more light with less electricity. Yeah. I think we might see a shift in the future. Uh, rather than uh, shipping, you know, taking, you know, growing things on farms mm-hmm. and shipping them thousands of miles to urban centers, we might uh, put solar panels out where there's plenty of sunlight yeah. and ship light essentially into cities where they can grow food. Yeah. And I believe that could be a more carbon uh, carbon effective and energy effective way for Uh, people in the urban environment to grow
0: food. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I've been saying for quite a few years now that I believe the solution to our local and global food systems problems are local urban farms. So we're on the same page there. I love that. So Ruan, I noticed that I didn't ask you a question that is kind of obvious and that's how much food can you grow in this thing?
2: So one nano farm, uh, you can grow, if you're growing, uh, salad greens mm-hmm. say you're growing lettuce for example you can grow two of those boxes of salad at the grocery store oh yeah So you can grow about two of those off of one plant pad
0: oh okay and that mm-hmm.
2: takes four weeks and that takes four weeks to grow
3: uh-huh
2: in terms of so an, another example would be if you were to grow an entire plant pad of basil
3: uh-huh
2: that would be about six of those uh, little herb packs that you buy at the grocery
0: store oh right
2: yep so that kind of gives you the uh, an idea about the amount yeah and and also the farm is designed to be used as um, a modular system so uh, if you have four modules uh huh and, and that helps because then you can stagger them right right so exactly so you start, start one one week so every week you have you know a couple boxes worth of salad to eat uh
0: huh Sounds yep. sounds to me like you need to make a multi tray nano farm, huh?
2: You know that's in the future. Uh, yeah. We actually will be releasing products that do you know tomatoes and peppers, uh-huh. and the eventual goal is to have a fridge sized appliance. You know that that makes it pretty much unnecessary to go to the grocery store to shop for your produce.
0: Nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. So I'm going to shift on y'all, and uh, Ruan, I would like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Sure.
2: I'd like I'd like to talk about that, you know, before we made the pivot to do nano farms and do, you know, in-house farming,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'd like to talk about those root containers and, you know, how we thought that we could change the packaging industry rather than change the growing industry.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We... It, it was a tough, it was a tough failure because we had gotten thumbs up from so many people. What we didn't realize is <laughs> that we were selectively listening to our friends and family. Yeah. Um, you know, every idea that you have is really cool to people that are close to you. Right. Um, exactly. I think we waited, a, yeah. we, we waited a way too long to go and ask the people that we would actually need to buy our product. Mm-hmm. Um, about what they thought about our product, so and I think we, when we went to talk to farmers, there was a huge it was a huge letdown to realize that you know this just isn't going to work like as a solution yeah and yeah. Uh, you know we overcame it by remaining on the same mission, but pivoting the way that we get there and we actually there was an intermediate stop too i didn't I didn't mention earlier but we took we took some of the technology from those Root pods, and we actually came up with a prototype of a system that would allow grocery stores to grow produce on their roof. Oh,
0: nice. And so we
2: were running with that idea for about three months. And, you know, grocery stores were receptive, um, but the infrastructure required, you know, just from a structural point of view, we would have to get buildings, you know, reinforced,
0: yeah, exactly.
2: re-certified. Yep. You know, it, it's just so much upfront expense, and then, and then still, most of the most of the waste still happens at the consumer level. Yeah. It happens in your fridge, you know. Yeah. So, and I think so that that process, and we essentially kind of moved down the supply chain. You know, we thought, how do we solve this problem looking at farms? How do we look at this? Uh, how do we solve this problem looking at grocery stores? And eventually. Uh, we landed right at the consumer, and nice. and uh, <laughs> now we aim to give power to the consumer.
0: Cool. So, what do you consider your biggest success?
2: I think our uh, our biggest success has been uh, developing the plant pads as as an alternative medium for soil, mm-hmm. and that was and that's, that was a long process as well. Um, and it's, you know, there's there's a lot of commonly used. Soil substitutes, soil replacements. I mean, plants will grow in a lot of things. You know, they grow in in gravel, sand, you know, clay pellets are commonly used. But we, you know, we didn't want to settle for uh, for a a growing medium that was out there um, because we didn't have anything that fit our distribution model, you Mm -hmm. know, a low cost lightweight shippable thing that you can easily distribute in cities and in the urban environment. Right. Basically, you know, taking another look at soil as, as a growing medium and seeing what it does right. And it does a lot of things mm, right. Um, yes. You know, it, it, holds, you know, just the right amount of water for plants. You know, it allows roots to spread out and search for nutrients on their own. It, you know, it, it, it provides a slow release of nutrients so that, you know, in hydroponics you have to meter out, you know, nutrients and add it on your on your own. But soil does that automatically, you know? So we we looked at what nature did right and we incorporated that into our plant pads and by looking at nice. what plants can do on their own, I, I think we got over a lot of the barriers that we were, you know, facing uh originally. Yeah. And I think we're I mean we're really proud of what we've come up with, especially since we've, you know, it's remained biodegradable. It's, it's remained, you know, friendly to the earth and able to be renewed and reused.
0: The, the thought process that you just explained there, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Looking at looking Thank at you. what the plants and the soil need and do. That good job. Uh, I, I'm really excited about that. Actually. Um, Thanks. So this is a, I'm going to actually pitch this question to, to both of you. And um, Costas, if you'd answer it first, that would be great. And that's what drives you.
4: It, 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 the excitement of, 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 of bringing together new ideas and creating new business models and new products and, 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 and something, that, something that is needed Yeah. and something that is so obvious, but we're not paying attention to it. And uh, so, what we're doing here is that we're addressing the obvious with some exciting technologies. Uh And that really, really keeps me going.
0: I can tell, boy. I can hear that in your voice. I can hear that in your voice. Cool. So, Ruan, what drives you?
2: Yeah. I think it's really looking at when we go and demo the nanofarm for people, you know, we always get this look of amazement uh-huh and in that look i think what we see is they're seeing the possibilities of what this could do for them and it what it could do in the future and i think what that is is it's just it's just amazing to be able to give people something that they've been wanting to do uh-huh but they just haven't been able any any way to do it yet. Yeah. And when you finally provide that tool, that excitement, that look in people's eyes is <laughs> is really
3: amazing.
0: Oh, and I with what I do, I'm an educator here in Phoenix, Arizona. I so get that when the when the when the light goes on for somebody and they're sparked by it. Yeah, I got it. I got it.
3: Yeah, it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, cool. So Ruan, I'm all about education, and I have to know: is there one book that has ins- particularly inspired you in this process?
2: So the the one book that I would recommend is actually not urban farming related. That's all right. It is, it's startup related. It's what? It's uh, it's I'm startup sorry. related. It's uh. it's not urban farming related, but it's startup related. Uh, uh-huh. um, and that's the it's the lean startup and it basically describes it basically describes the way to try and fail quickly you know <laughs> rather than <laughs>
3: taking a long than, time to
0: figure out the failure yeah yeah
2: basically basically yeah. Yeah. Um, if you had to boil down the, the book into one sentence it's that but that, that's i mean that that book is the reason
4: we haven't given up yet
0: yeah the lean startup i have definitely heard of that so costas yeah. do you have a book
4: Yes, actually, I have it on my desk and i'm looking at it and <laughs> i've been reading it it's design thinking uh oh.
3: it's in
4: it, uh, it's innovation it's business innovation uh-huh. we have a lot of thoughts there are so many there are so many obvious problems that we can we can solve with existing technologies
3: yeah. like
4: i said you know uh uh, uh, uh do what is needed and uh, there are so many thoughts and and I'm reading this book of design thinking this uh, actually written by a Brazilian group. The gentleman graduated here from Georgia Tech in, uh, in uh, industrial engineering, industrial design, and he took those processes of of designing a new product and, and implemented it into the business models. Yeah. And it's fascinating. I'm reading this, and it kind of puts my thoughts together, helps me put nice. my thoughts together. So nice. That's the book I'm reading right now.
0: And the name of it again?
4: Design Thinking. Design Thinking.
0: Ooh, that sounds like a good one Business to read too. Innovation, yeah. That's why I do this. So part of the reason I do this is to get ideas for reading new books. So thank you for sharing that. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? And let's start with you, Ruan. I think my
2: piece of advice for listeners would be if, if, there's, a, if there's a problem out there and you're passionate about solving it. It can definitely be broken down into small
3: pieces mm. that
2: you know you can look at individually, and you know, and, and this is this comes mostly from our learnings from developing the Pi Pad. But you can break it apart into really easily surmountable, you know, things, and when you put it together, it becomes this amazing solution. That when you look at from the outside, it becomes, you know, it's impossible to see.
4: That
0: it was a series of small steps. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And Costas?
4: I love what, exactly what uh, Rowan said. Uh, start with, uh, take small pieces and start with what is needed. Yeah. And, uh, and then, then go to what's possible and then create the unthinkable. So I mean, we there are so many obvious needs in that, that humanity needs. Uh, I mean, we need this the market. I'm, my background is this, the technology industry, and I yep. remember, you know, in the 80s and 90s, they were developing software that were helping improve productivity and, mm-hmm. and our lives. Now, all we're doing, we shifted into making apps that for entertainment. Yeah, and we have forgotten how to 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 go back and start thinking and creating uh, the applications or the devices that will improve our lives again yeah so and that's where the focus should be
0: yeah perfect perfect well thank you both so much for joining us on the show today and sharing your experience with us it has been a treat chatting with you so i have one more question for you both actually uh first of all where can we find out more information about nanofarms
2: you can, uh, if you're interested in finding out more about the nanofarm, you can go to our Kickstarter page. Okay. Um, if you go to Kickstarter and type in nanofarm, that page will pop up. It's got plenty of resources for you to find more.
0: Perfect. And we'll have, uh, we'll have your information on your podcast page here at the Urban Farm, and that'll be at urbanfarm.org slash farm. So we'll build that into it as well. So, and how do we get a hold of you, Ruan?
2: If you wanna get a hold of me, uh you can email me at ruan at replantable dot com. R U W A N at Replantable
4: dot com.
0: Perfect. And Costas?
4: And the and the company the the company has the website, www.replantable.com. replantable dot com. So Perfect. you can find all the information on the product. And for us we're under the Georgia dot org where the uh, we're, we're the, at the Georgia department of economic development at georgia.org slash innovation. And you will see all of the centers of innovation that we have. And one of them is me, energy.
0: Fantastic. Well, it has been an absolute delight hearing from both of you on this project today. Thank you so much. And that's thank it. For, you thank so you so much for, for the it. opportunity. Absolutely. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the urban farm podcast. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm You member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to UrbanFarmMembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. That's UrbanFarmMembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams.
0: Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, Hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago. Then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation and start your preserving adventures today. That's denalicanning.com forward slash
3: free.